This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, hello and welcome into another episode of another dolphins podcast thank you all so much for joining us it's wednesday and we actually timed it so merrick is here on a wednesday uh it's kind of like a, a shooting star at this point but it's joshua house jake mendel merrick brave and tomorrow tomorrow is the draft but the dolphins are on a little bit of delay we get a snooze a little while longer so what we are going to do today we have already compared what do we do for Pokemon? I'm already lost. I already lost it. Running, I, back, I, I, running, I, backs, running, running backs. backs for Pokemon. We did a dating game for tight ends. I think we've done awesome content. I think you're not going to find anything comparable to what we're doing. Because today, today, we are comparing offensive linemen to wrestlers. So I'm not even going to introduce you guys. Merrick, I'm just going to throw this right at you. Would you be able to get on a mat with any of these guys and beat them? Oh, these an actual guys, wrestling match. I mean, we're doing offensive linemen today. All these guys are like six five and above. So, I mean, I might have my hands full. I've got the experience uh, factor working in my favor. Favor for those who don't know, uh, I've brought it up a couple times on this podcast. But I've been in the professional wrestling business for twenty years. Yes, that type of professional wrestling: Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Shawn Michaels, all those fellas. Uh, that's the business I've been in. I run a professional wrestling school here in Davenport, Iowa, called the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy with my business partner, uh, two-time WWE heavyweight champion, Seth Rollins, uh, one of the most famous wrestlers in the world. Uh, he's a Bears fan, so he doesn't get to come on this show. So sorry if anybody was tuning in hoping uh, hoping to see his ugly mug. But it's just me, old Merrick Brave, professional wrestling coach, 20-year veteran of the squared circle. Uh, you know... Uh, a damn expert on all things professional wrestling, if I do say most say so myself. Uh, and today we're going to compare some offensive linemen that could be available at the Miami Dolphins' first pick, pick 51, in the second round in the upcoming 2023 NFL draft. Uh, you know, their first pick is in that second round. No first round selection. That's kind of a bummer. So I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, you know, for the life of me, I couldn't compare these prospects to guys like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Uh, uh, Jake had a request for a hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, who who is actually a close personal friend of mine. No, I've I've met him a, a couple times. He's a great dude. But uh, these these guys aren't superstars. These guys are diamonds in the rough. These guys have potential to be stars down the road. 
So we're going to we're going to get a little more realistic with some of these guys. These might be some deeper cuts of professional wrestlers if you're a casual fan that maybe you've never heard of or or if you have heard of them, uh you know, they're not the most uh they're, they're not household names so to speak. So we we got some deeper cuts this is for the true wrestling fans out there, the true uh, NFL draft derelicts like we've become over these last uh, couple weeks here, up leading up to the NFL draft. I know, Houts, you're a big wrestling guy uh, yourself. So I don't know. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this episode? With your today? vibes at Houts. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I thought we were going to see some dude love references and Cactus Jack. I was going to tell you, you can only use Mick Foley one time, but I think he did good with some of these comparisons. And I uh, the draft's tomorrow, so I had to make sure I wore my uh, – Charles Harris, I think whatever draft that was, I bought this hat when I was 2017. Yeah, I was at the Philly, uh, waiting for Ruben Foster not to get called and just waiting as every pick went on, and then they went Charles Harris. So, um, yeah, I thought you did pretty well with this, and I think we're all excited to see what the Dolphins uh will have staring them at the face at 51 overall, because I'm sure a lot of these guys we talk about will be there maybe potentially, and uh, knowing the Dolphins, I'll just pass on right by them, right? <laughs> <laughs> make make this episode irrelevant. <laughs> Guys, before we start, uh, what's what's the percentage that second and third round pick? Uh, Merrick, you can start us up with the right the right one, first one, whatever you want to say. Uh, right after this, percent chance that alignment is taken in that second, third round pick. I'll start. I'm gonna say like a 33 percent chance. You only think that there's a 33 percent chance that they'll draft a alignment with the second and or third round pick. I, I think defensive tackle is going to surprise a lot of that is oh. my dart. I'm throwing it. I think that defensive tackle in the second round, man. And then I think a running back and then you, then, then you just hit the junk drawer for the rest. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go 33%. Very interesting. I, I think I'm going to put it at a 50, 50 proposition. I think they're interested in tight ends. I think they're interested in running backs. I think they're interested in offensive linemen. I do kind of like your idea that they might, uh, they might go uh, a little off the board here and and take a defensive lineman with, you know, Sealer, Wilkins, and Raquan Davis all entering the final years of their contracts. Uh, you know, it is possible. But I'm, I'm going to put it at a 50-50 shot that an offensive lineman is taken in the second or third round of this week's draft. This week! Can, can I say 40%? I'm going to go between you guys. I'll go 40%. <laughs> I think uh, uh, we can't, we have to talk about Cam Fleming. I know they brought him in. They had a little bit of interest there. Um, you know, everyone saw the DJ Fluker videos going around. So they might have a breaking case of emergency option. And um, I think, uh, you know, as sad as it sounds, I think they're a little bit higher on Austin Jackson and uh, Liam Eikenberg than we are as a fan base because Chris Greer is, uh, I guess, he owes it to them, I think he thinks, to keep them around and give them another chance. So um, I'll go 40%. That is not the number I thought you were going to pick. You have a very particular I, yeah, number I that you enjoy. I don't try, I, I'm <laughs> closer sure to Jake on this one. 42.0%. Every there time. it is. Nice. <laughs> there it is. Stinger right out of the park. All right, Mayor, who we got at number one? Number one, I went with Matthew Bergeron, uh, tackle slash guard out of Syracuse. I think, you know, he was more of a tackle in college, probably likely to play guard, at least to start out with in the NFL. Um, I think he would take over that left guard spot for Liam Eikenberg if he is uh, brought to the Dolphins um, with pick number 51. Uh, it's certainly a possibility. I compared him to famous tag team wrestler, uh, former member of the Hart Foundation, Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Do you have any idea who that is, Jake? You're about to tell me. 
<laughs> Jim the Anvil Nightheart, former tag team partner of Brett the Hitman Heart. Brett the Hitman Heart, certainly the star that of that duo. There you go. Uh, he has like a little, a very long goatee, uh, an orange flat top. At least he did when uh, he was still alive and living on this earth. But uh, uh, anyways, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, not Canadian himself, but certainly has those Canadian ties. Uh, you know, like I said, former tag team partner of Canadian wrestling legend Brett the Hitman Heart. And... That's what I'm viewing Matthew Bergeron to be. He works best in a tag team. So those tackles, they kind of work on an island out there. They're, they're alone, either on the left side or the right side. It would be on the right side for Miami. And I think that Bergeron fits more as a guard. So you want him to have that tag team partner in Teron Armstead if he inserts himself into that left guard spot. You know, uh, Matthew Bergeron, he... He, his strong point is the fact that he likes to get out there and hit. He likes to move in space, go forward, plow through guys. When he's asked to dance a little bit, as a tackle is, you know, when you get out of your stance, you pedal backwards, and you face those uh, those speed rushers, that's where he can get into a little bit of trouble. And Jim the Anvil Neidhart, not much of a dancer, kind of just a rough and tumble kind of dude, uh, you know, very stout individual and just wants to punch you in the mouth. So... Matthew Bergeron at pick 51. I'd be very happy with the selection. I think it helps to shore up, shore up the offensive line. I compare him to Jim the Anvil Neidhart. What do you think about that, Houts? You like wrestling. You know who Anvil is. I do. And I, I love that you said about him being a tag team because I actually written down, you know, the way he handles stunts and things like that. I mean, he works in unison with the guy next to him. You also mentioned him getting out there and using those hands. I wrote down he had a strong punch, quick feet. He's athletic, um, dominated some edge rushers at the senior bowl. We talked about on a previous pod. Uh, Bob McKinn, you know, went out there and said that he believes this guy. Talked to a scout, believes that Bergeron could be an, uh, an all pro at guard. So um, there's definitely versatility there um believe he played night almost 2,000 snaps at left tackle and almost 600 snaps at right tackle throughout his career he did give up a career high five sacks in 2022 but this is a guy that if the Dolphins want him feel that he can be that missing piece on that offensive line who are we to question them and I definitely think um you would have to draft him at 51 but I love the nine heart uh comparison and love that you brought up how he he works best in a tag team because that's what I thought and you know what better tag team partner to have than Teron Armstead right yeah, Teron would be the Brett the Hitman Hart in that scenario. Also, uh, we talked about Neidhart having that weird goatee growing down from his shin. I don't know if you've seen a picture of Matthew Bergeron without his helmet on, but that dude has the weirdest haircut I've ever seen. It looks like he, he looks nice like Toad. It looks like Toadstool. It like it's like skinny and then it just explodes like this. It looks like the atomic bomb went off on his head, but. <laughs> Him and Rob Hunt are going to have to uh, compete for the best hairstyles on that offensive line. I always look forward to, he'd always have his hair uh, some sort of way. You'd, be, you'd scroll through the pictures on Instagram. Uh, before I put in any thoughts, so we record this on StreamYard, and as you heard, Josh just had to go away for a second. But when he came back, I had to reintroduce him into the room, and it was wicked funny just seeing him in a little box. It looked like he was a dog scratching at a door trying to get in. <laughs> saying, hey guys, let me end up in. So I just hope you guys, that, that visual right there. Um, so I, I want to ask you guys, what is the greater good on this offensive line, a guard or a tackle? If they were to draft someone, what makes the offensive line better instantly? I still think it's tackle, but I know Merrick probably feels a little different. I know he likes Bergeron more there at guard, so I still think they need that right tackle spot. I just have visions of Jesse Davis letting you know Tua get sacked. I have visions of Austin Jackson being absolute cheek. So I feel like it's right tackle, but I think the Dolphins might feel a little differently. 
No, I I actually agree with you, Josh. I do think the more pressing need is right tackle. I just feel like Bergeron will be a better guard than he will be a tackle. So if they do take Bergeron, um, I would expect him to slide into that starting left guard spot. But I feel slightly better about Liam Eichenberg and and his uh and the possibility that he might be able to turn things around than I do Austin Jackson. I didn't like the Jackson pick when it was made. He hasn't really shown us much over the last few seasons to to change my opinion. Um and and I do think it's time to move on. I do understand if they want to roll into the season, give him another shot, see how he fares through a few games before replacing him. Um, but I do agree that the right tackle spot is a more pressing need at the moment. Rob Jones, too. Sorry. Before you say something, Jake, I think I like what Rob Jones does. And I think Feeney, right? Didn't they sign him? I think he's Feeney, a guy that has yeah. some experience there at guard. So I hope they go by what they always say, and that's the best five players will play. But I don't think that was the case necessarily, despite what Mike McDaniel said last season. I want to say that left guard might raise the ceiling and, and right tackle might raise the floor. That might be like a little too like of a political answer. But to me, you know, you mentioned the tag team and something where Matthew Bergeron is great is getting to that second level and eating linebackers. And one of Miami's favorite plays was those stretch runs to the left side behind Teron Armstead. And to me right there, if you can get an unstoppable four yards, I know that doesn't sound too scary, but if, if you have those two monsters oh, at over six, five over there, that tag team, I mean, no one's breaking through that side. Um, you know, we see opposing defenses a lot of the time, even though, who was a lefty, the way defenses operate is they have their best guy a lot of the time go at the left tackle. So while there are adjustments, while things can change, um, I do wonder if you can kind of hide that right tackle spot, especially if you bring in, you know, blocking tight ends and different things like that. I just think having that tag team on the left side for running plays would just be such a blast and so much fun to kind of just see them get those big gains in the running game. Yeah, and I'm sure Dalvin Cook would like it too. Nice. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. That'd be kind of fun. All right, moving along. We got to we gotta get through these. We got four more offensive linemen uh, to wrestler projections. We're going to go with Dewan Jones, right tackle out of Ohio State. First and foremost, this dude is massive. He is six foot eight, 374. I think he weighed 379 at his pro day. That's just a, just a humongous human being. So my... My football player to wrestler comp for Dewan Jones has to be the big show. Do you know the big show, Jake? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's All at right. least one I know. So, you know, the big show. I met the big show when I was 16 years old and I got to shake his hand and the big show's hands. No lie. Were the size of two of my hands put together. I am six foot two, 195 pounds. I am not a small human being. A little bit smaller when I was 16, but still. Two adult size hands to, to for the big show. Just just absolutely massive. He's a huge human being. So is Dewan Jones. He would be a mountain on that right right side. Uh, he's not overly athletic, and neither was the Big Show. The Big Show didn't need to be athletic. Big Show is not dead. He is still a, an alive human being. I shouldn't talk about him in the past tense. Uh, Big Show's not over, overly athletic in the ring. He does his work with power, and that's what Dewan Jones does. He He's a, a powerful striker. He's a strong human being, but he's not super nimble with the footwork. And I mean, he's six foot eight, 379. Do you expect he's nearly 400 pounds? Do you expect him to be nimble with his footwork? No, he's going to do his best work, punching you in the mouth, knocking you down, just trying to put his massive frame uh, inside uh, or, or in front of you so that you can't get around him. Uh, one thing about Dewan Jones, he is a true right tackle. He does not have 
position versatility that is very, very valuable in Miami's offense. We just talked about how how much of a pressing need right tackle is, but he doesn't have a lot of position versatility, uh, and he's going to have he's going to have success if he's placed in the right scheme. I do think he can be successful in the Dolphins scheme. Um, that is the caveat is that he stays in shape. Somebody who is that big and already weighs nearly 400 pounds could very, very easily eat himself out of the league. And he's already put on a few pounds since uh, finishing up his college playing career. So you do wonder if that's something that will be an issue for him going forward. And, you know, in the past, the big show has had himself uh, some weight issues as well. I do believe that uh, he he ended up getting surgery on, I want to say, the pituitary gland, um, which helped to stop his weight issues because those those giant human beings, the giantism, it just, you grow. You don't stop growing. The rest of us stop growing when we're 18, 19, 20 years old. These people just keep growing. So he ends up getting the surgery and, and he's gotten his weight under control and he's in great shape now. Uh Big show, great human being, uh, just a big, big boy who wants to punch you in the mouth. And that's exactly what Dewan Jones, right tackle out of Ohio State, is as well. My question or concern here is coaching. You know, you mentioned it. I've heard other people, you know, the, the weight is a concern. And have you guys ever played the game QWOP? Q-W-O-P? No. So basically what it is, is you're trying to have this person run a marathon. However, each joint is a different button. And if you fall over, you lose. So my concern here with Jones is do we trust the Miami Dolphins staff to use him right? Because this man, he can't move. At least for now, at least everything we've seen, he is going to be a mountain. And mountains don't move. So I wonder, are the Dolphins going to put him in the right spot where he can just be that right tackle who doesn't move? Or are they going to challenge him to try to go out and, and make a couple blocks? I think that is could be a deciding factor when it comes to someone like Jones. Yeah, and, and I don't have the answer to that question. I do think he's a very, very interesting player. And if he can stay motivated and stay in shape, I think he'll have a healthy career uh, in the NFL. And if it's for our Miami Dolphins, then we'll be better for it. I don't know. How do you feel about this one, Houts? Yeah, I think, um, honestly, I don't know if it's the former Buckeyes fan of me, you know, growing up a diehard Buckeyes fan or what, but I really like Dewan Jones. Maybe part of that's also because his nickname is Big Thanos. So, I mean, when I heard that, nice. I just got super excited. Um Ran a 5.3640, so that's a little bit of what you were saying as far as his speed. I mean, I don't know how that can, you know, what that means for a guy 6'8", 379 pounds. I mean, he's basically, you know, a, a tree running around out there. Uh, did start all 12 games last season at right tackle and uh, won All-American, All-Big Ten honors and allowed zero sacks on 394 pass attempts. So um, I did throw a poll out there yesterday kind of asking Dolphins Twitter, you know, which one of these guys who probably won't be there at 51 would you like to see falling at Jones, Gibbs, uh, Jack Campbell, and I can't even remember the other one. Darnell Washington, Washington, I think. Yeah, Darnell Washington. Everyone with the skill players, but I truly think, you know, for what the Dolphins need, I mean, I continue to talk about right tackle. I don't know if uh, Dewan Jones will be there, but I kind of like this, would like this pick and um, would definitely like to see the way that plays out there on that offensive line. But I do agree with both of your guys' concern whether or not his athleticism will fit, and we know how much versatility is important in this system. But when I heard Big Thanos, when I just thought about <laughs> Big Thanos, uh, yeah, I was, is, did I say that right? Cause I was a little worried. No, 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 you're right. in my head. So, so my question is if we draft him, can we change his nickname to captain Insano, which was the big show's character in the water boy with Adam Sandler tying it back yeah, in. I thought, I thought oh, you were going to yes. say, we see the last stone on that infinity gauntlet for that offensive line. I thought that's where you're going with that. <laughs> but I think the concerns here, I mean, aren't, 
debilitating. I mean, people compare this guy to Trent Brown on the on the high side, and, and to me, if you get that, uh, you know, send it in. So I I like this pick, but but you guys are feeling pretty sure that you know. Uh, 51 is going to be the best bet. If any shot at getting these guys, you would say there, there's like no chance we're talking third round here, right? None. I don't think so. Unless there are uh, enough concerns. Gas mask. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, somebody ship him. One I'll of Photoshop those. it. I, I did that for Ruben Foster. Maybe that's why he fell. <laughs> that's why he's in the XFL. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to move on to my next guy. Here is a wrestler that I, I, guarantee you've never heard of jake but he he's a good dude uh and i think my next offensive lineman uh who is steve avila guard at a tcu i think he comps best to a wrestler named otis so otis is on on television right now in wwe and otis is legitimately a cannonball of a human being he is short he is round he is wide he is girthy and that's exactly what steve avila is avila not a tall dude but he's very very girthy but while being this big cannonball of a man steve avila is very nimble on his feet uh, very light on his feet during pass protection reps uh, and he can move in space on run blocking reps as well so despite being a, a heavy set individual which you know hey most offensive linemen are he can get out there in space he can pull uh he can reach across hit those nose tackles do that kind of dirty work he's a solid player he's not a superstar otis solid wrestler solid performer not a superstar probably not going to be a wwe champion at any point in his career but he's going to give you uh, a, a solid career and he's a well-rounded wrestler just like steve avila is a well-rounded nfl prospect a well-rounded offensive lineman a uh, little side note with with otis i had an opportunity to coach him i did a one-week stint down in orlando at, at wwe's developmental uh basically training facility uh, called nxt i did that a few years ago uh and when i went down there uh i coached all throughout the week and then the week culminated in a tv taping for their television program for their developmental called nxt uh and we had to be at the venue this was in the middle of summer we had to be at the venue at a certain time so i roll in a little bit early that's just kind of the person i am i'm an early guy uh and he comes in a few minutes later now it's again middle of summer hot day sun is shining down i get inside the locker room two minutes later he comes rolling in and he is drenched from head to toe. I'm talking, look like he just got out of a shower. His hair is just dripping wet. He takes off his, his suit coat. And I, I swear, every inch of his dress shirt is just completely soaked in see-through. And I was like, oh man, dude, like, what did it start pouring out there? You know, it's Florida. Weather changes very quickly in Florida. You have these sudden downpours of rain. And he goes, nah, brother, it's hot as hell out there. I'm sweating my ass off. It was all sweat. He was drenched head to toe in sweat because of the time it took him to walk from his car inside the building, which couldn't have been more than 90 seconds or so. And it looked like he had just stepped out of a shower. It was insane. So Otis. Sounds like Ted Crass. It sounds like who? Was, was it Ted Crass who needed to have a towel on him at all times? Because, yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, so Otis is a good dude. He's a fun guy. Uh, you know, hopefully if the Dolphins draft Steve Avila, he can be the starting left guard and or right guard or even center. He does have a little position versatility there uh, for this team for the next 10, 12, 15 seasons. He's never going to be, you know, the best at his position, but he can be an upper echelon guy, uh, just a very well-rounded player. What do you think of that one, Houts? Yeah, I think uh, Jake and I talked about him a little bit because it, was it Mel Kuyper who had him mocked to the Dolphins, I believe, TCU? Uh, yeah, versatile, like you said. I know you mentioned on a, another pod um, that the Dolphins really behind. Uh, Connor Williams really doesn't have anyone there at center, so I like that he could come in here and be versatile. think he might be available at 51, and you know who knows if that's where the Dolphins go against the uh, I do have written down that he might be that wall that Donald Trump kept talking about, and I also put down that um, – uh, they were he was impressive at the senior bowl and went toe to toe with Jalen Carter. So um, I think a lot of these guys at the senior bowl really impressed and really showed that they were versatile, really good length, things like that. So if that's again the direction the Dolphins want to go, they need that guard, need that center backup, sure. But uh, again, I still think that right tackle spot uh, would be the area I target. But I'm all for this Horn Frog if he's the pick at 51. What about you, Jake? Do you guys watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Oh yes. hell yes. So would you? The, to me, this guy kind of sounds like the maniac. <laughs> is he the maniac? Because yeah. I, I wish I had a better way to word this, but I feel like, I mean, I instantly think Richie Incognito, but this offensive line doesn't, it has too many baby faces. I'm going to just put it that way. I think you need somebody out there who is just going to have that that look in their eyes like they're going to run over any defensive lineman, and, and Steve Avila seems to fit that mold. To me, that tone setter at left guard, I think you can plug him and play him perfectly. Uh, I do wonder if this is a scheme, this is an offense where – I heard this in a different podcast. I can't remember which one. And it was just like, why doesn't everyone just draft tackles to play as guards? So that to me is my one question, but I think Josh kind of answered that the fact he can come in and play center if needed. So to me, man, I I like this pick and I think it'd be a pretty clean, a pretty safe pick, despite it not maybe raising the ceiling through this, through the universe. I mean, you're not going to worry about penalties. You're not going to worry about pressures. You're going to have someone you can trust there. And I think that's important for where the Miami Dolphins are in their developmental process. Little did you know, you actually used a wrestling insider term when you said the, the Miami Dolphins offensive line is full of baby faces. In, in wrestling, that just means you're a good guy. Yeah. So so you're <laughs> just good saying, guys. you're saying we need some heels, baby. We need some people who are, who are willing. No more Michael Dieters. <laughs> yeah. And and in that in that scenario, yes, Richie Incognito, probably a big heel uh, to some in this fan base. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens on draft night. We're going to move along. Here is a player. So far, you've liked all of my selections, Jake. Here's a player I don't think you're going to like at all. John Michael Schmitz. Jingleheimer Schmitz. John Michael Jingleheimer. This is whatever. I'll let you do those things, Josh. But uh, John Michael Schmitz, center. Actual center. Not a right tackle. Not a left guard. A center out of Minnesota. And the reason why I like John Michael Schmitz is because he plays center. And that allows Connor Williams to either move over to left guard or... Connor Williams could also play right tackle because he does have that position versatility. He is able to, to man essentially all five positions on an offensive line. So if you bring in John Michael Schmitz and he is a true center, some will tell you he is the best center available in this draft. Can he at least be on par with what Connor Williams gave us last year? And then when you move Connor Williams over to left guard, 
that's an immediate upgrade there. Sands the fact that last time he played left guard for the Cowboys, he was getting penalized every third snap or whatever. Uh, or you can move him out to right tackle, and he may solve that right tackle issue that we've been talking about all episode. Uh, that seems to be the more pressing issue for the Miami Dolphins. So my wrestler comp for John Michael Schmitz is the Miz, because the Miz again, not that not that superstar. You know, he he's a little bit more upper echelon than somebody like Otis is, but despite being a former WWE heavyweight champion, he's really been known as more of a mid-card guy. But that's not a knock on The Miz because The Miz does his job really, really, really well. Yeah, and, and everybody knows who he is, who he is, and if you ask him to do something, he's going to do it, and he's going to do it to the best of his ability. He's a team player. He's not a me, me, me type of guy. He's definitely a company man. So just like The Miz... Uh, John Michael Schmitz, not the tallest guy, just like the Miz, John Michael Schmitz, not the biggest, most powerful, not the strongest guy out there, but just a nice, again, well-rounded player who's going to go out there and do the job that you ask him to do, whether that's center or I know, I know you, Jake, you'd prefer John Michael Schmitz to play guard, uh, but he, he's going to be able to do it to the best of his ability. So I want to talk to you first, Jake. What do you think about this one? I'm so sorry for what I'm about to do to our podcast listeners here. But we just spent time talking about how we need a heel, how we need a tough guy. And you're telling me this baby face is that guy? You gotta Look be kidding me. <laughs> he looks he looks like a human pimple. He he looks like if you smack him too hard, his head's gonna explode just a just a mess of pus. I I'm just if you're not good at every if you're not good at if you're not great at one thing, you gotta be good at everything. And we tried to say we tried to spin zone Jesse Davis and a lot of these other quote unquote flexible pieces where it just hasn't been able to work. So I just don't this is a pick where if you don't have a plan, let's say the offensive line was solidified and you had five starters you trust. This I totally get it. I just feel like you're leaving a little meat on the bone with someone like this. Well, one, one thing they will tell you about Lance, uh, Lance Zerline, one thing he'll tell you about John Michael Schmitz is that he's extremely smart, really, really, really smart. And if you go back uh, last season, before the season started, uh, Mike McDaniel was asked about, uh, you know, what qualities you look for in a starting center. And he said, first and foremost, he wants those players to be smart to be intelligent because they're relaying the calls to the rest of the offensive line, pointing out, you know, who's blitzing and whatnot. And if John Michael Schmitz is smart, then that's Mike McDaniel's first prerequisite for being a center on his team. So I will give him that. What do you think, Houts? Yeah, sorry, I'm laughing. My kid just called me out and asked me if I flushed the poop because there was a toilet paper in there. So she, she was giving me crap for that. Um, yeah, and you, you're right. When you're playing center, you know you got to make a lot of those calls at the line. So it's definitely something that you, you you know you don't have someone dumb playing the center position. He is a little older, 24 years old. I wrote down that his name. He kind of sounds like he'd be a character from The Office. Um, great in pass protection. But, um, yeah, I, I think – with what the Dolphins need, I think they'd probably in Jake. I, I know you've called Jake out about wanting to move him to guard. I mean, that's kind of where I think I'd have him, right? I don't know that you'd really want to screw with what Connor Williams did last season. I know he had some snaps that were a little bit haywire. John Michael Schmitz, I mean, he's the, he's a guy that you mentioned it. No, what, probably the number one ranked center in this class, perhaps? I mean, I don't know if you draft him and try to move him to guard and, you know, I guess kind of fit a 
round peg into a square hole or whatever the hell the saying is. But no. um, I think, yeah, 24 years old, I think, you know, he could definitely come in and be some value here. I guess my question to you is, do you have to pull the trigger at 51 or is this a guy that maybe falls? I mean, I know it's all anyone's guess and who knows with the way mock drafts play out. But do you think this is a guy that slips to the third round or is this definitely a guy that's going day two uh, high on that draft board? And, you know, Dolphins have no chance if they don't take him at 51. I don't, I don't think he'll be there at 84, but I also don't know if he's going to be the best player available, even at a position of need for the Dolphins at 51. So I think if you end up with John Michael Schmitz in the second round, it's because of a trade down scenario. I think you, you trade down a few slots, you try to, uh, you know, acquire a fourth or fifth round selection in doing so. Um, and then maybe you take him at the back end of the second round, or maybe you trade out of the second round altogether and you're, you're able to nab him early in the third but I don't necessarily think this is a player that they would be taking at 51 but if they did I do see the vision there I do permission to put on the tinfoil hat yes let's do it all right so we've heard that the Dolphins might address some positions that aren't necessarily needs we hear that they want to play the best five players on an offensive line wouldn't this draft selection be the perfect we're developing him behind Liam Eichenberg and Austin Jackson. Connor Williams, he's on a two-year deal. So we're developing this guy. So this wouldn't be the need. There wouldn't be the pressure to start him right away. Would they stick with the cliche, we're playing the best five guys? All of a sudden, I don't like it, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you're right. Connor Williams does need to be re-upped. He is going to need that extension. There's no guarantee that that deal gets done. So if you draft a John Michael Schmitz and he, you know, red shirts this year or even finds his way into the lineup at, you know, at left guard or something like that, he can slide into that center role next year if Connor Williams does isn't retained, isn't brought back. You know, what happens if Connor Williams suffers a, a catastrophic injury? Knock on wood, hoping that doesn't happen. What happens if if Connor Williams' play just drops off a clip this year? You know, you can't expect a player to always be good just because they were good once or twice, you know, a few years in a row. So John Michael Schmidt, for being the best center in this draft, for being as good as he is, he hasn't been talked about a whole lot. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe he is somebody you have to take there at 51. Maybe teams covet him more than media members do, and that's why we're not high on him yet. But I do like John Michael Schmitz, despite the fact that he looks like he murders puppies. Last thing on Connor Williams, I think a lot of people thought that that might be a way for the Dolphins to clear some cap space this offseason, right, by extending him now, and it hasn't come yet, so... Yeah. I don't know. That's a good point you guys bring up. And I think, you know, if they are trying to do that and try to get a guy behind him, this might be the move. The guy from the office, John Michael Schmitz. <laughs> All right, moving on. We got to get my last guy in here. Now, this is a guy that I don't think I don't think you need to take him at 51. I think you could wait till 84 and he probably would be available, which means you could address running back, tight end, linebacker, defensive tackle at 51 uh, if if you wanted to and then still go and get your offensive lineman at pick 84 and that is tackle Blake Freeland out of BYU uh, I have compared him to former WWE wrestler I believe he wrestles in impact now can't say I spend a lot of time watching impact wrestling but uh, when he was in WWE he wrestled as big Cass. now big Cass, much like Blake Freeland is a tall, somewhat lanky dude, although, you know, if you look at him, he's really not all that lanky. He's he's real stacked. But Blake Freeland is a tall, lanky guy. Blake Freeland is six foot eight. 
which is as tall as Dewan Jones, but Blake Freeland only weighs 302 pounds, whereas Jawan Jones weighs 379 pounds. That's that, that's like a whole sixth grader that you can add to to Blake Freeland and, and turn him into Dewan Jones. Uh Listen, he is more of a developmental type, in my opinion. Blake Freeland is not the strongest dude out there. Although he did uh, he did put up 25 bench press reps, which is a lot more than, than some of these offensive linemen who've come into the NFL in recent years and had success have put up. So they say he's not very strong. That must be on tape uh, because if you can put up 25 bench press reps, bench press reps at 225 pounds. You're pretty strong in my book. You come to my gym and do that. People are going to be watching you uh, all day long. But Blake Freeland is big cast because he's tall. He's lanky. In my opinion, more of a developmental type, not a superstar right away. Uh, unfinished product. He's going to need a lot of work to be successful at the next level. He does have some upside. Uh, unfortunately, big cast wasn't able to uh, capitalize on that upside, and he did get released uh, a number of years back, and he's no longer in WWE. So could you see a similar path for Blake Freeland coming into the league, being this tall, this lanky? You know, he, his leverage points are tough because he's six foot eight. It's hard to bend the knees enough to get low enough to block some of these D tackles sitting down there at six two, six three. Uh, we'll see what happens with Freeland. I know there's some guys out there who like him a lot more than I do, and I don't claim to be some sort of offensive line expert out here. Um, but for me, he'd be more of a third-round target than he would be a second-round target, uh, Blake Freeland, that is. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I love. I, I think I'd like that pick a lot there in the third round. Um, I do have to say Big Cass is now an AW, and, oh. and and I'm really upset that with the John Michael Schmitz one, I wanted to do an oh, – that pick would be awesome, like the Miz's intro. So <laughs> shame on me for forgetting that. But, um, yeah, like you mentioned, six foot eight, 302 pounds. He ran a 4.9640, whereas uh, Dewan James ran a 5.36. And I thought this was interesting as hell. His 37-inch vertical uh, was the best of an offensive lineman at the Combine. He had a better vertical jump jumped in A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Stephon Diggs, and DeAndre Hopkins, among some other crazy wide receivers, played some quarterback in college. So this guy's an athlete. So I, I think I'd like that as that developmental guy. If you said he might go in the third round, I mean, Dolphins go out and get, what, a tight end uh, running back there at 51, then at 84 they can somehow get Blake Freeland. I mean, I don't know, based on the very minimal mocks I did, whether he's going to last that long, because like you mentioned, I think draft Knicks uh, absolutely love this guy. And when you talk about the athleticism and the size, and things like that, the length, um, you know, he might get drafted a little bit up there. But I like this. I would like this pick. And I think uh, like a lot of these guys on this list, he dominated at the senior bowl and really made a name for himself. So um, I had to throw out the big cast thing in AEW because I know uh, you despise AEW. But um, no, yeah, I, I don't despise. I don't despise any wrestling company, any anywhere people can go and get paid. That that's good in my book. I just I, I don't I choose not to watch it. It's not the style of wrestling that I enjoy. Uh and I don't watch BYU play either, so there's yeah. there's a not since John there. Beck, right? Not since John Beck, not since Steve Young. You know why dra uh, draft analysis is absolute garbage? If you type Blake Blake Freeland into Google, this is what they say: Freeland is rated by many experts as an early day three prospect, going in the fourth or fifth rounds, while others see him as possibly sneaking into the second or third rounds. So you're telling <laughs> me he can be picked one out of 150 picks? That is yep. that is analysis yep. right there. But this kind of goes back to that tinfoil hat theory. This is someone the Dolphins can draft, and there isn't going to be pressure by the media. Is he going to start? Is he going to start? Because it's developmental, developmental, excuse me. You're playing the five best linemen, that generic saying. So this could be one where, hey, 
he could even win the, the battle outright in training camp. But I, I think this is one where Miami would already have the PR statement made. And to me, I think if this is the third round pick, it's going to tell us a lot about Chris Greer. Because I think one thing that I want to really follow this draft is Greer's been the head of this team for so long. And he's gotten his chance to take the big swings. And he's done a great job with you know Tyree Kill, Jalen Ramsey. I'm not going to list them all. But he also needs to know what type of traits his team needs when you can't just get great players and you can only focus on maybe a great trait or two. So to me, this is going to be like a Chris Greer, um, uh, I don't know, standardized test maybe about how good is he at really identifying these these talents that they need, even though the players are going to be a little more raw or you're only going to be able to focus on uh, two or three players altogether. Yeah, and I think most people would agree that that offensive line has kind of been a weak spot for Chris Greer as far as his drafting has gone. He's done a great job in other areas of being a general manager, but drafting offensive linemen hasn't really been his strong suit. You got uh, Robert Hunt and, uh, yeah, that's Solomon Kinley. (laughs) Who does he play for anymore? Is he on the Giants? Who's he on? I think, I don't even know. He might be out of the league. Yeah. He... Was this your was this your how you had him rated? If you had to rate these top five, Merrick, I wanted to ask you that, and I guess I want you to know... ask you both your thoughts on which one of these prospects you would really like. Is with the Giants. On... Honestly, I don't think I intentionally did that, but looking back at my list here, it might be. I I really like Dewan Jones though, just because anybody that big, like just. I don't know. I want to see him wear a Dolphins uniform. I want to see, like, how big are those shoulder pads going to have to be? Like, this guy is just huge, and it would just be kind of fun to see him out there. Um, but So, yeah, I think Bergeron and Dewan Jones are kind of one and two for me. You could probably, you know, interchange them. Uh, and then I'd probably go Avila and then Schmitz and then Freeland. Yeah, so I think I, d- I, think I did, you know, inadvertently rank them in order. Conscious just letting you know. I just hope wherever they draft, whichever one of these linemen, I'm pretty sure the number 69 is still available because I was going to write a, a mock <laughs> article about that last year. So, yeah, I, I think um, I think I'd switch probably Jones with Bergeron because I, I do like Jones. But again, I don't know if it's because of the Thanos nickname or what. And then Avila, I'd probably switch Freeland with Sh- Schmitz just because I think, again, tackle over the interior. But I think they could. I think they'd be nice to get any of these guys, honestly. But again, I, I don't know if the Dolphins will go that route. We remember uh, Mike McDaniel talking about when he met with scouts before the Tyree Kill trade and kind of said that they needed to get playmakers over offensive line, and a lot of Dolphin fans went crazy about that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What about you, Jake? And then I want to get your guys' thoughts before we get out of here on what the Dolphins are going to do on day one because I don't, or day two because I don't think we're really going to have a chance to talk before then. So. Um, I know Jake wants defensive tackle, or that's where he's putting his money down. I'm going to tell you all, give me one name. You got to call your shot. That's what you got to do. You got to call your shot. You don't get to name like five people. You got to pick one. I don't know enough about the draft. I'm just going to say defensive tackle with that one. But but for the offensive line, the, give me – I think I kind of I think I'm I'm a little more warm on Bergeron first uh, and then Jones, uh, but I definitely see the appeal. This is not a bash on any of them, but if there's a deciding factor, whoever has a beard, just give me whoever has a beard. Let's get that that anger, that that monster, and that offensive line that they so desperately need. You take so many shots at yourself on the beard thing, Jake. You have you have a thing with beards. But am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> you you're definitely the baby face of the trio. That's for sure. Badge of honor. Josh is the wild Samoan. I'm going to compare him to, to, uh, off of Palomalu. I got the Palomalu hair and I don't even know what this facial hair is. I got to, yeah, no, if if we're, if we're comparing you to a wrestler, you are Afa or Sika from the wild Samoans. That's you today. 
Might have to look that one up. Shame on me. Who's your, who's your guy, Jake? If you had to pick one, who's your guy? Fifty-one. You got to pick one pick, guy. If I had one, to pick a guy, who are I'm the Dolphins taking at fifty-one? It ain't gonna Jameer be there, Gibbs. but I'm, I want to say Gibbs. Because there are drafts Gibbs. that still have. Okay. Dude, Matt Miller did a mock draft last night that had Gibbs going fifty, one pick before the Dolphins, and I'm sitting there, and then the, he selected a right guard for him. He's like, yeah, this guy will jump right in it. So that just blew my mind. That's my little rant. But but yeah, let's go let's go Jameer Gibbs. But in parentheses, it's probably gonna be a defensive tackle. All right, Josh, who you got? Call your shot at 51. Who are the Dolphins taking? One guy. Oh, man. I'm going to I'm gonna go. I'm going to say Tucker Craft. Can I go Tucker Craft? I told, told you guys I really uh, started to like him. I wrote that he was a refrigerator on a skateboard. I, I don't know. The more I hear, the more it sounds like. I, before, I thought, okay, they might be able to get him at 84. And the more I you know, see mocks, the more you hear these experts talk, there ain't no chance in hell he's going to last to there. So I'm, I'll go with that. Maybe they trade down and get another pick and somehow still manage to get him. What about you, Merrick? I'm going to go Jim the Anvil Neidhart. I'm going Matthew Bergeron. Tackle out of Syracuse. I think they'll play him at guard. I think that's that's going to be the pick at 51. I think maybe there are other guys they would prefer at that spot, but I think those guys are going to be long gone by then, uh, and I think they'll happily take Bergeron at 51. I was going to ask awesome. if Dalvin Cook becomes a Dolphin, but Jake said Gibbs is going to get drafted, and uh, yeah, I think that would eliminate him in that regard. Do you think Dalvin Cook's going to end up a Dolphin, Merrick? I, I do. Yes, I do. I don't know if it'll be a, a draft day trade that maybe sends Cedric Wilson over there or if they'll wait till he's released and then sign him. Dalvin Cook wants to be in Miami. The Vikings don't want him anymore. They're going to roll with uh, Madison uh, as they're running back. So I do think Dalvin Cook ends up in Miami before the start of the 2023 season. What a statement to end this in. For another Dolphins podcast, I'm going to be in Boston all weekend, so we are not going to have a show. But my call to action, everybody, Go enjoy the draft. Sit back, relax. Nobody can lose during the draft. We can't wait to spin zone all the players. But until next time, for Merrick, for Joshua Houts, for Jake Mendel, fins up. Fins up. Fins up. The Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one.